welcome back to another episode of the In Between Chats. I'm Karima. I'm Meg. And today we're going to be sitting down with Rami and Giko, two members of Sublunary. But before we start off, we want to sincerely apologize for the slight delay in the release of content in the past few weeks. Things have been rather hectic, but we're currently very much back on track. There's honestly so much going on with the collective, so please check out our website, theinbetweencollective.net, to get involved with our ongoing workshops, to join our book club. We're going to be reading protest stories of resistance, or to get involved in our collective photography project. The list goes on. As for today's episode, Sublunary is an international band that is currently based in Cairo, Egypt with members hailing from Egypt to the UK, to Portugal, to Syria, to Holland. Their multinational nature is one of many things that make this band truly one of a kind. They effortlessly combine styles, influences, and even languages to create melodies that are beautiful, seamless, and progressive. We sit down with Rami Avalata, the bassist, and Gigo Gafar, the lead singer, to discuss the journey of the band so far, their vision for the future, the importance of see, of representation and role models in the arts industry, trusting your instinct as an artist, the changing landscape of what it is to be an artist in the wake of social media, the current art scene in Cairo, and of course the importance of staying grounded as you reach for the stars. Karma, how, how, how do you... Do you, like, how do you guys all know each other then? So me and Dami went to high school together in Cairo. And then uh, I met Gigo when, when Sublunary came over to play in Leeds. Uh, Leeds. In Leeds. Uh, yeah, because I think I remember you, you told me, oh, this is a really amazing band. Yeah, I, I told you to come. <laughs> yeah. Are you from uh, Leeds, Meg? Um, I just went to Union Leeds, yeah. Uh, so that's what Karma and I met. Uh, where are you from uh, initially in the UK? Um, I'm from Shropshire. 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 It's like no, Shropshire. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's I'm I'm in North Wales at the moment. Um, it's right on okay. the border. Yeah. Uh, okay. And it's and it is stormy here. So when you guys said you were having internet troubles, I was like, oh, uh, everything's okay. against us today. Oh, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> against all odds. Rami, are you fully recovered now? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I got my PCR done. When was it? Two two days ago, I think. Mm. My lungs have, like, still hurt a little bit, but I'm okay. Your lungs? Yeah, it's, it's fucking. It's, it's, we it's got the whole house got COVID. It's the second time I get I get COVID. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not that bad. What? It's like best excuse to be introverted. That's the good yeah. thing about really? it. Really. <laughs> No, even like, my like my family like the family is normally like I can't they're gonna fucking harass you until you go see them and then it's like suddenly like no matter what they say it's like I have COVID like, well Egypt there's no like <laughs> yeah. COVID laws whatsoever like the cinemas closed only so yeah we, social obligations and everyone wants to go out and you just want to stay at home and then you say oh I have COVID and then no one wants to talk to it's you it's like okay never mind never mind <laughs> it's perfect stay away and I can use long excuse Sorry, say that again? You can use long COVID as an excuse now, though. That's uh, real thing. Oh, no, I, I actually discovered today that someone got COVID for 40 days. Like, you didn't, you didn't get a negative test for 40 days. So, like, you know, Holy we really ride it out. Man, <laughs> that's, that's scary. That is so scary. And really, uh, they still don't know enough about, like, the long-term effects of it. Like, no, honestly, my, my lungs feel, feel fucking horrible. Like, Are you going to wait there? Nothing. But then maybe it's the yeah, dust. Yeah, what, 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 to be fair, there's I'm not, not there's a light lag, is there? Kind of Sorry, lag. This is the COVID problem, isn't it? There's that lag and then we all end up just like, Piling oh, on. No, it's this is everyone <laughs> like the amount of Zoom meetings, like so everyone's used to it. Hopefully, yeah, it's it's chill. Yeah. Right. I think that's actually pretty good compared yeah. to most days. Yeah. But, so. No, I was just gonna ask him um, when you see your lungs feel weird. Like, what what is the sensation? Well, this, this is the thing because this is how I've been describing it. Is I've never felt my lungs 
ever before. Like I've been thick, I've never like you feel like your throat, you feel your nose or whatever. But like I feel like the insides of your lungs. Things, yeah, they're just they. It's more that I run, like it fucked me even now. Like my my lungs are starting to get tired just from talking. Like it's that. It's like you you're suddenly surprised. You're so fucking tired, and your chest Mm. really hurt. I'm a heavy smoker, so it's essentially almost every day. <laughs> yeah. Every day for you. <laughs> that's normal that's, life. That's what, really, yeah. that's what gives you that rock star voice, eh, Gigo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. So. <laughs> every single uh, choir director if, uh, has given me the evil eye because I smoke. So it's, What's it's, a quiet uh, director? Uh, just a, a vocal, like, you know, in choir, I was in choir growing up. Oh, choir. Sorry, I'm yeah, yeah. quiet director. Oh, a quiet director. I need that. <laughs> did not understand the premise of that. Um, oh, everyone, you get the evil eye. The Z from us, especially Egypt. What, for smoking? For the, the classically trained, like, we even took a vocal uh, lesson as a band uh, a couple mm. of months ago. Uh, just to like you know refresh and all of this and this and that mm. and like, she was just like you're all smokers huh? except for Romy and she could tell straight away <laughs> she's not going to be able to tell anymore <laughs> no, not, not after no. COVID no. <laughs> to be fair I'm not yeah, surprised you had COVID twice like Egypt's regulations have been very oh, no, lax. No, no zero 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 yeah absolutely none whatsoever um, I keep telling, like, Farah and Salim, like, I'm so sick of lockdown here. I'm so sick of everything. They're just like, come to Cairo. We're places. chilling. We switch places. Because yeah. I am so sick of Cairo. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's too, like, um, the law. Well, essentially, we brought uh, the whole crew here. The the foreigners. I say foreigners because that's how we say that we're, we're multi-international bands, you know. But yeah. we got Carlos, the Portuguese, uh, Marta, my girlfriend, who's Spanish, and then Adam, who we've met, obviously. Uh, and then Tom is on his way back. And they all love Egypt so much, you know? Because <laughs> so they're not from it's there. The they're not from there. Yeah, they yeah. can appreciate it a different way. For me, for me, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's you want what you don't have, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. for me, like, the suburbs in, in England or with the forest mm-hmm. with absolutely nothing to do is paradise. Yeah, that's the <laughs> so opposite of just like a busy you know, city with dust. It's just too much for me. God, I, I'm just hearing you guys talk Cairo, like or Portugal, Spain, whatever. Then England. It's just a bland word, isn't it? England. <laughs> I, I, I love England. Like England to me is. Uh, uh, we have discussions about this because they love England, but it's not as much as me. I yeah, it's love different. It's like England. I love it, but I wouldn't live there. I would live how there. Come? How come? Tell me more. It's just. So like Cairo, Cairo is the extreme of like stimulation, like to an unhealthy, yeah. obscene amount of like so much is going on. Now, England for me at least is the flip side, is a bit also on the extreme of just like, because I, I noticed after a while living there, like I walk to uni and the walk every single day is exactly the same. This to me is paradise. Exactly. This to me is paradise. Now here, it's like one day, I don't know, there's a car crash, the other day, some don't, I don't know. Like There's always <laughs> something going on. Somewhere in the middle is where I like to land. Like, you know, it's, it's like this, but it's not so much where you're like losing your shit all the time. But, yeah. So I love England, but I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't choose to. Yeah. Have, have you found like your middle? <laughs> Yeah, kind of, kind of. Uh, but then on the people front, I don't know. Like all the places don't have native English speakers so much. So I don't really know where I would go. Let's see. Yeah, we're stuck here for the next yeah, two years. Yeah, we're stuck so, here for that. I've um, liked like Spain and Italy and these places. Mm, Italy would be so nice. Uh, by the way, for the for the podcast, is or is it a vid? Are you recording? No, 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 not video. I mean, we are recording, but it'll just be audio in the end. Okay. Yeah. I, was, no. I didn't do my hair. <laughs> I did my hair today. I'm, I'm like the probably. egotistical lead singer. Just <laughs> get my hair done well. <laughs> no, I actually, I did my, like, I got up and I put pins in my hair and my whole family was like, where are you going? Because I haven't left the house in like two weeks. I've been in full on hermit mode. They were so surprised. They're like, what's happening? Like, not nah, staying at home, don't you worry. 
Mm. <laughs> um, uh, this is like well, the, one of the first times we've uh, socialized properly in quite a while. Really, <laughs> really. I love how like socializing all, like, properly uh, is still like. Yeah, yeah, we're all... Oh, sorry. Yeah, is literally. Like, like, we don't now? get out of the house at all. <laughs> so you all live what? together, right? You all live together. Yes, we all live together, uh, which is amazing. So we don't leave the house, honestly. Like we have the. Yeah. Let me see if I can. So I'm sitting here. Oh, oh look at that! Look at that! So we have like the whole studio set up. The whole band is here, so yeah. it's just paradise in that sense. So we don't leave Literally. the house. <laughs> yeah, your friends, your work, all in one place. You don't gotta leave. Yeah, we don't have to leave. Uh, it's in our contract as well that we get to be as loud as we want uh, for three days. Are you week. serious? And yeah, for the other four days, we have to stop at five thirty. Because yeah, so. I, I love that you guys have that in a contract. Very smart. Well, we were going to invest a place because you know Egypt as well can be a bit. Mm. you know what I mean so it was just mm. like we're not gonna get a place until it's written in writing so if anyone has a complaint any police guy it's here's it right I can be as loud as I want <laughs> now if you want to make a noise complaint from another building you're more than welcome to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't think that complaint is ever gonna get processed knowing that must it, it, it never would Mm. I've been um, um, I've been watching your <laughs> your in, your Instagram kind of like little clips, and it's like every time I see a new clip, there's like two new people in it. It seems, but can you do like a little introduction for the podcast of everyone who's in your? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, 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 for sure, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So, Sublunary. Hey. Uh, I am Gibo or Gamed, uh, the lead singer. I am Romy, the bassist. Uh, and we have missing is uh, Hedi uh, Birjakli, who's uh, Syrian and on the guitar. Ahmed Dia, who's Syrian on the keyboards. Tom Bell, who's English and he's our producer slash multi instrumentalist. And Carlos Brass, who is Portuguese and is the best drummer. <laughs> I didn't realize we were doing national. I'm, I'm Dutch Well, yeah, you know, we're supposed to. <laughs> yeah, the whole point is we're multinational. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, Show us your passport. Show us your passport. Where's the passport? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm full Egyptian. And yeah, that's uh, sublunary. Uh, hoping uh, to grow as, <laughs> as big as things can grow. Not for the end. Leave, that for, leave the vision for the end. Um, okay, take us back. Tell us a little bit about how the band started. You know, you guys were originally in Southampton. What was that process like? Like, literally, how do you even come up with the idea and then actually fucking go for it? Yeah, it started like, if you want to go all the way yeah, back, it was uh, me, Eddie, <laughs> Ahmed were in the same school. And I was three years older than them. Uh, I had no friends and they were really good at playing music. So I asked them if I could be their friend. And, <laughs> and they said, and they said yes. Uh, and then uh, Romy and Heidi met at a party. Cause yeah, so I was at a party and you know, I had a couple of drinks and there was this guy there and we started talking. Like, oh, oh yeah, I can remember. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we had a party. There's this guy. I don't know. At some point, I ended up talking to him, and for some reason, I was really excited because I just learned the Jimi Hendrix song like a week ago. <laughs> so I, for some reason, I was talking about that, and then it just so happened that Hedy had learned the exact same song, like within the like past month. So I was like, "Oh my God, you know, you're going yeah, doing And then we talked about music, and he mentioned he was in a band, but they didn't have a bassist. And I had just started playing bass for the jazz band at school. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, yeah you know. just kept making music. And then coincidentally, I went to Southampton for a year while they were all in Egypt. Uh, and then he coincidentally went to Southampton. He went to just the good chance, uni, yeah. just by chance. Mm-hmm. And just by chance, Hedy and Ahmed were in the same city, which was Leicester. Uh, so he, we just want, we just started continuing with found it was Carlos. Mics, it was open mics. Yeah, yeah. started to... like we were always mm-hmm. writing music. Um, yeah, and then it's it actually was just... crazy how aligned the stars were for you guys. Like you guys we happened to meet a basis, yeah, and know. then you all ended up in some. City we talk about it a lot. To me, yeah. to me at least, like 
if and it's important to let it like you know be known it's it's uh, it's a conversation with because our parents if you look at our each one of our parents um just invested a lot and so I, I think it's it could be a coincidence but then like the arabs alone if you look at like how much money our parents paid just to get us a good education mm. uh it makes a little bit more sense so yeah, yeah. big up to the puppy and mama <laughs> <laughs> of course um how come oh, yeah, Carlos. Yeah, yeah then yeah so then we were, we were in the same the band union. in england and then gigo and, uh, and carlos went to the same uh, university of course, was the best drummer anyone has ever seen. Like, from yeah, he was our... playing in another band at the time. And right when oh, he left... you guys poached him. Like, oh yeah, right when we he left. you. Yeah, straight. I remember the day after I found out he left. I was just like, hey, "Do you wanna? <laughs> do you wanna?" <laughs> so we got a little opening. Uh, and it was really good because he he he's the only one out of us that was uh, actually uh, classically trained. So for his high school, he went to a music high school in Portugal. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's by far the most technical out of us, but uh, he's actually a metal guy through and through, uh, which is what I used to listen to when I was younger. So it was when I first met him. There's when musicians first meet you, eat, uh, uh, meet each other. Uh, they uh, get they, they're a bit worried in the sense, oh, do I like this style? Do you like this style? <laughs> and right when I found out he's a metal drummer, I was like, this guy Khalas is with us. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's... Do you have like a couple of go-to songs when that question comes up? You're just like, yeah. I love this artist, whatever. Uh, uh, I say drummers. I say actual, because like to, to sound like a nerd, you want to know who's playing it. So okay. you'd be like, oh, I love this drummer. And he's like, I love this drummer. And I'm like, what about mm -hmm. this drummer, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there's, there's, no, there's no bullshitting you. There's no pretending somebody likes what you like. No, but yeah, but you know, like you want to you wanna show your, any, yeah. in my mind, any good musician wants to show off their nerdum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's essentially what it is. You just want to show that you can know what's going on in this riff, but or know what's going on with this. But you know, it's a whole world. Mm -hmm. Um, I know it's a really cliche question, but I don't care because I love the name. So, what was the inspiration behind the name? Oh, originally, yeah, we went through a series of. Yeah, we were really bad with the Some name. Really, really, really bad names. <laughs> One of which, like, stuck for a while was "Relax as hard as you like." Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we got paid to play this gig for a birthday party, um, and like, we don't really. We went through years of never really being paid for anything, so it's like a birthday party. We were finally getting money, so it was we good like, money as well. Fuck, we should actually have a name. So we were on the train going there, and there was a there's a poster. It was a travel poster a travel in the UK. A poster, and it was like it said, "Relax as hard as you like." <laughs> and at the time, we looked at it, we were just like, "How can someone relax hardly? Like, what is a hard relaxation like?" And that conversation went all good enough that we we're like, "So what are we gonna call ourselves tonight?" And this was that. A star artist. Yeah. Are, you know? So <laughs> artist. And then things started to get a bit more serious. Uh, so we were like, all right, do we need to put this behind us? And then Sublunary came to be as a... It's a King Crew song. Yeah, we're all, we're all kind of fans of nice words. And, uh, we're a big fans of anything which sort of has meaning. Like we try and even in uh, like the artworks that we use and the typical things, like if something has at least a level of depth, it's like it makes it easier to say that's something we like. Because I think if you think too much about liking something, it's never gonna. Decide. <laughs> it just yeah, it it fit it fit a lot. It was really easy. It came from a King Crew song, and we talked having multi, you know. And then if you want to go there, it's like um, there's it's there's two sides of it. First is the very nice easy side is that we're an international band, sublunary, everything beneath the moon. Uh, you know, there's it's not one culture, it's not one style of music, it's everything. And then there's the other aspect of it, if you want to go, which we really liked was the Aristotle. Romy was nerding to me about this. Yeah. The Aristotelian oh, yeah, physics. Oh, yeah, yeah, at the time that like sublunary, <laughs> sublunary came from like a, an old philosophical term they used to use to describe uh, Earth as sublunar. Essentially, Earth is just the sublunar sphere, the sphere which exists beneath the moon. Um, <clears throat> but at the time, it sort of had a connotation as being the sort of mundane uh, as mundane, the dirt sphere mm. as compared to the extravagant cosmos. And we, as fans of juxtaposition, like the idea of trying to pursue the cosmos by being dirt. <laughs> as dirt, it's like the mundane. Reaching you know, for the stars as, as, as you know, well, being grounded, <laughs> essentially, you know. Uh, 
but it's yeah it's just it's like breaking the concept of duality like being in perfect balance with both those things yep as well as well. together 100% 100% so yeah it's uh what we've we've come to is that at this might sound cheesy now but like uh any and whether you're super successful whether you're not whether you're just doing music for love or career same with painting any art i would say uh is it just trust your instincts and then as naturally you'll actually see uh things grow and concepts grow you know so we were just like let's think of a fucking name <laughs> yeah yalla you know uh let's just get it down and uh after a year and a half like if you asked me a year and a half ago how did you get the name it would have been as but now it's just evolved into this thing and it coincides so just trust your instincts just name yeah. anything anything yeah and it'll work itself out at some point you know we agree yeah. But you said before a bit that um, kind of your union happened almost by fate, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you're also like, you emphasize a lot the um, internationalism of your mem- like the band members. So, yeah. like, which came first? Did you just have kind of a visualization well, of what you wanted? Or? Well, for us, it was the first thing that ever came was the word progressive. That was the word. We're all, we're all very uh, big fans of uh, progressive music. And that's not like, uh, that doesn't mean like super technical music. So like the example I like to give is that even within hip hop, there's progressive hip hop. Kendrick Lamar is a progressive hip hop artist. Uh, so in our mind, that was always, since we were in high school, it was just like the word progressive was always there. Uh, and then that evolved into, you know, Rami's mother is half Dutch, which opened the whole world to me and influences and culture and all of this. And I'll be listening to different music and his grandfather, who's Dutch, is uh, He's Indonesian. Yeah. Is Indonesian. <laughs> uh, what does your grandfather like? What's the word for your grandfather? OP? Yeah, what does he do? Oh, he's he an do? adventurer. He's a researcher. What? No, what? Well, essentially, there's a species <laughs> of toad that his grandfather discovered. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, he was just yeah. a badass. And this is yeah. all around a badass. <laughs> yeah. So we were all we were all up to like getting like Carlos, for example, you know, to move to Egypt is a big thing. But I always joked if it was like, you know, Somalia, he would still go because we love the music. Yeah, like um, I would say, there is this idea of progressiveness in the music. But then at the same time, I think once we started to maybe look at things a bit more like, all right, what's 10 years from now going to look like? What's this going to look like? You do see that, yeah, at some point, if you really want to progress the, 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 the music even, at some point music starts with culture and all yeah. of this. That at it some point, so the only much. thing you can do is begin to integrate yeah. more musical cultures, more musical, all of this. So the idea of making something which can get, become as culturally expansive as possible mm. would mm. is just as equal as the music being as diverse as, as possible. So that kind of became the yeah. direction to go. It's just easy to influence each other. Like when, when you're, you're truly different, <laughs> you're different you know, you from different like we'll, we'll be in a room together. And like, so like yeah. the influences come more than just the music, but it's, it's, it's very easily, it's very easy to get inspired. If you're sitting in a room with four people who come from four different parts of the globe, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, uh, Obviously, English or any language to help will help. But even then, like music in itself is the language. And if anyone who understands or respects or studies it or listens enough will understand straight away without even needing to speak a word. <laughs> so it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> so you, you would say that like in terms of your songwriting process, it's more by feel like in accordance with it being Oh, that's something else completely. This is something that's kind of being learned yeah, That's now. being something learned now. Um, definitely we all we all write so if what we all is your just, songwriting process like if well we all write so if we have each one of us just deciding to go off in a field yeah you wouldn't really have like a cohesive yeah. uh, piece of work yeah. uh so for us it was we like to plan essentially and we haven't released anything except for one ep uh, but we have music that's written for three years from now. Like we already know the concept, the plan. Uh, for us, it's patience. We're kind of now in the execution. Yeah. We just wanna. Uh, for us, it's so like yeah. Everyone goes. It, it, we always like to plan. So like before we came to the UK, it was very clear that so this next EP that we're writing um, is about like you know uh, sexual harassment and feminism and women empowerment in Egypt. 
And without giving too much, but that was already, we already knew that music was being written in the UK. And it was one of the instigators of telling Carlos to move to Egypt. It was like, oh, you're going to come to Egypt for a year, not just to write the music, but to learn a culture through the music, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And it's so much fun because then you're just, like I'm talking to him about Oma Kalsum and Fairuz, you know, and like very old classic Arab artists and Egyptian cinema and all of this. And it's all translating. For him, obviously he wants to, same as any one of us, we want to learn cultures and all of this. But when learning cultures is tied with your passion, it's just so much fun, like yeah. so much fun. Um, so yeah, the songwriting process is, you know. That's the thing, like in a, in a way, because we're bit. all kind of songwriters in our own, <clears throat> it really just is a matter of what makes sense, how can we arrange It's very collaborative. Coherent. It's very collaborative. So like you'll start something, <laughs> You know, what we what people will try to do is they'll write the whole song, but then not extend. So if you if you heard like I'll have an idea and I'll, I'll write the whole song, but if you heard it, it'll sound quite empty because I'm leaving room for Rami and the other boys to write, and they'll do vice versa. So usually it's it's quite equal in, in terms of the writing mm-hmm. process. Um, and well, instrument it's... usually comes first, just because I don't know that much about. That's the thing; it depends on who's kind of starting things out. Yeah. Like, Keys yeah. have become a big one now. Yeah, uh, synth has become a big. One. It, it's it's more that before, it was just four guys playing guitar because you know that was we were recording that EP in my second year of university, which I was studying music production with Tom and Carlos. Uh, Rami's not even wasn't even studying music. Uh, so we were all very amateurish, so it was just guitars, let's write sick music <laughs> guitars, you know. Uh, and in time now, you know, Rami's bought a synth, which has just opened up a whole new world of things. Um, so it's, it's, it's just evolving, you know, the, the next yeah, EP is very sensitive. sort of need to get filled, like yeah. the natural professionalist, uh, like progression of things is like, okay, this cannot be done without a person taking that responsibility. Trust, so trust is of, a good one. Yeah, you naturally you fall into what are people's strengths and you try and maximize that across the board. So there is a part of like a humility and a mutual respect of this person does this. Like I've, I trust. Yeah, we've been doing music for like, like yeah, yeah. Was together for quite a while yeah. now. Like officially mm. being a band for like a year and a half, two years. Mm years and a half something like that but uh we've been writing music so our whole life so i really know and we're living together yeah now because like i know what rami's good at and then i also know what he's trying to get good at (laughs) uh so it's 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 and he knows vice versa i'm quite lazy i don't like to i don't like to i like to make the easiest thing possible in and out (laughs) no Um, i i i think you can really tell the fact that you guys have are kind of so familiar with each other and you guys have just been playing together for so long because i remember when i saw you live in leeds i was just in awe because of your synergy and the way that you guys just fed off of each other's energies and like the way you'd be looking at each other and just like looking into each other's eyes and like jamming was just like, what was your favorite gig and i just said one random one but yeah bro that was that was that's the easy the leads for one gig for me was easy that was your favorite gig it's easily top Wonder. three. I don't know what's like favorite, you know, but uh, like it depends. No, but like we went out. That was fucking fun, man. Pedro House had quite yeah. a like build. I got <laughs> shit faced, bro. It was so good. I yeah, that was a long night. <laughs> it was so fun. It made us feel professional. I mean, you guys are fucking sick. Um, that's why. Uh, yeah, where when you're on stage and you're performing, where does your mind go? Like, what is that state even like? It's different for each one of yeah, us. Yeah, it's it's gone different. Honestly, since it's taken a turn for the more professional, mm-hmm. like we all have our own reasons, and there are those moments where you get an opportunity to have maybe a nice moment with yourself. But at this point, it's attentive. Yeah. It's like listen. You got to listen to what people are doing, what you're doing. Uh, once, obviously, that is it. That's like your first place to go. Like, does it sound good? Are we doing good? Blah, blah, blah. Then you kind of have room to maybe start to feel things and <laughs> have all of this. But for the start, and, and I do think like it was something to learn that this is a craft separate from just art. It is a craft which, you know, requires a degree yeah. of respect and attentiveness that you got to check that first, make <laughs> sure you're respecting everything. And then, you know, you can have your own personal 
whatever it is that day. You know? oh. um, <laughs> for me, for me, it's a bit different because uh, singing is involved, and we all agree singing is just yeah. can be horrible. It's physical like, as fuck. Um, so, like the first thing on my mind is to regulate my voice because the vocals are very demanding, and I have broken my voice on many gigs, <laughs> which I haven't done in a while. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's the first thing, and then the second thing, which is actually very hard is the facilitating uh, the audience mm. so all of our songs have like deep content behind it now uh, and on good nights where I'm feeling natural not forced it goes really well yeah. and then on bad nights you know <laughs> you just, just you know so it's just there like you know I have to talk about some deep shit and I'm just I'm not really in the mood but I have to be in the mood not for them or for myself but for the respect of the content of what I'm talking about mm. uh, so that's that's the one that uh, we, we we you know we've we've made points on. Yeah. Because like there's some nights, man. He'll save me. Like we have videos of these, which are really <laughs> funny. I'll just ramble and ramble and ramble. And obviously, um, there's we we put an alcohol rule actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's, there's, there's a, cap a two, there's, there's a cap on how much you can drink now. Yeah. And essentially, just what happens is like in terms of the playing and the singing, like we're all tight. No one no one gets like truly shit face to like fuck up massively yeah. uh but it's more of the sense when i start talking and when i'm anxious and i'm a bit drunk that's the thing it's the presentation <laughs> where like you said like the synergy is mm. our best weapon truly because fundamentally the music is what connects us and it's natural yeah. but that's so there really isn't any sense of awareness of you as a performance or as a as a person so as soon as suddenly you, the music which is our rock is gone it's yeah. like how do i talk to these people what am i supposed yeah. to say i was just here <laughs> tripping balls playing music and now suddenly i have to be like yeah. i'm this person or these are these people <laughs> it that has always been something which is fundamentally quite hard for us it's a calm down um, really it is it's yeah like it's you're, not you the go same. from like such a level of adrenaline uh, just like on pure bait, and when you when you, when you're finished from that, you have to be social. That's when really hard. all you want to do, same as any come down, is just go home and sleep and watch a movie, <laughs> or just keep going, or just keep going, <laughs> yeah, or just keep going. That's that, you know. So um, that's that's those are the hard ones. I would say for us, it's funny because um, when we have uh, open jams, we love open jams. We love jamming with other people, but it, but it can become. Uh, quite frustrating sometimes because like once again like you do not have to be a good what is a good musician you know someone can play like four chords that are basic but if they write the best lyrics and they sing it beautifully then it's the best song in the world mm -hmm. so like they don't have to be technically good they have to be attentive they just have to listen so there's so many times you're in an open jam and you're jamming with someone and then there's this dude who's just like looking at the audience you know it's like, like not even looking at any other of the musicians on stage no and you're just trying to get this guy who you don't know to look at you just be like bro change the chord oh look at us <laughs> listen to us and he's just there like oh. <laughs> um, well, well that was a cool stage one. dynamics yeah, yeah stage. <laughs> do you guys ever get like performance anxiety and how do you deal with it not really though we practice so cool that is so fucking cool. No, in a weird way, like, yeah. honestly, if you put us in any other context, yeah. it's all much Actually, that's not anxiety. true. That's not true. That's not, I, I said this because we, we did a show in Cairo with Feluca, mm. who's, uh, Meg, if you don't know, is, uh, is, a, is a quite a successful rapper in, based in New York, but she's Egyptian. Yeah. And, uh, went to the their Egyptian school. pride female yeah. MC. Uh, <laughs> But uh, so, yeah, that was I was actually a bit anxious for it because I told Rami this. I was just like, if you get me uh, a room full of 200,000 people that I don't know, I'll be like yeah. running and taking my shirt off. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's do it, you know. Yeah. But if you get me like a room of 50 people that I do know, every one of them, it's yeah. horrible. It's horrible because that's then, the thing. Fundamentally, it's not the music. Yeah, it's, it's the, a social thing. Uh, and then, the social thing stress us. And then the adrenaline, which I've talked about. Now you have to do it with everyone because you know everyone. So like when you're done, you have to go to everyone and say thank you. And then no, this, no, and no, that. No, don't fuck with that. You know, <laughs> um, like uh, with something. This I might go off in a tangent a bit, but like something that uh, we struggle a bit with, or the music industry. Actually, this is not just us. This is a huge problem within the mu music industry and how people perceive uh, the music industry. And it's that there's a huge difference between a musician and an entertainer. Even though a musician entertains, those are two separate things. Mm -hmm. So you have 
hundreds of thousands, millions of musicians who are not mm. famous, who do not write their own content, who make a, a career in music. Mm. Um, that is considered not, like people forget that nowadays in their minds, especially in Egypt, because there is no institutional background or not as much as abroad. Um, in Egypt now, this influencer thing, you know, like if you're in a band or if you're a rap, you, you, you're, 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 an you're an influencer. You and for us, it's like our music is the product. We no, are not uh, yeah, the product. Yeah, yeah. Like, anything entailing from music or art is the product, you know. Uh, but us and ourselves and our private lives. And, and this is the problem. It's like the only way you can fucking get successful now on Instagram or Facebook, regardless of music or anything, even just a regular business, is you have to keep posting that story about yeah. your face oh i'm here i'm doing this now oh all of this you know uh which obviously has to do with streaming and blah 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 where back mm. when they were selling when music was just paid for money it was easier for people mm. uh, but yeah so like it's there's there's this weird social thing that comes with it when all you really want to do is just like work on your own music uh work mm. for recordings for advertising like you know like ultimately you <laughs> stay the same but everything around yeah. you is demanding change change like, yeah. i'm just trying do the yeah. exact same thing I've been trying to do my entire life. Like, yeah. well, I hate you know, the fact. Sorry, I hate the fact that literally, like on Instagram, artists are framed as content creators now. Like so yeah, many of them, they're not even seen as crazy, artists. It's crazy, you know, because something that's really what we're. This is actually because the the synergy on stage is our best asset. Though I always tell the boys. Like what's our actually best asset is that we're all, alhamdulillah, we're all very, uh, very privileged people. Uh, you know, our parents are all very well off. Uh, you know, you know, me and Rami don't go near. I, I pay my own rent and all of this, and you know, we separate from them because we we want to show them the respect for music. Uh, but you know, something. Fuck, I lost my tangent now. Ah. <laughs> oh yes so the, the privileged aspect sorry so we unlike a lot of musicians around the world and i say because this is alhamdulillah we we talk about this all the time uh since we are privileged we don't have the immediate pressure of oh i need to make money now <laughs> you know what i mean uh we came here to egypt because rent is really cheap I'm, i have a kick-ass room and i'm paying like 50 quid a month with a balcony <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, you know, it's nothing. It's pennies. Like I play. I'm actually. I'm. When we came to Egypt, something I'm proud of is that I'm actually a professional musician. <laughs> I pay for my rent with my music. <laughs> uh, but um, the uh, and that's something that we we really we really think about every day because we can be patient th about things. We can think about the art for the art itself. Yeah. Uh, we don't have to worry about accessibility. We don't have to worry about this and this and that. Uh, and that really is our biggest asset. We can think about the art itself, um, which is fantastic, <laughs> both for us and inshallah this country and the music <laughs> for it. <laughs> What's the music scene like in Cairo? What has that been like integrating into it, bringing uh, things to it? There's a couple of things like on an infrastructural <laughs> level. Uh, we were quite shocked making the transition from England just in the sense of things are not as, uh, you know, I don't want to get into specifics just for the sake of like, but there isn't necessarily, uh, yeah, a, a streamlined infrastructure as to how to go about things. Mm. Uh, that's on the organizational sense, on the uh, creative sense. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, a lot of things are going on. Um, it would be, I think even what, what we're trying to do at least is for the most part at the moment, and I don't think that's a testament to the variety of talent that's available, but the talent that is showcased is a bit one-dimensional to a degree. Like mm -hmm. predominantly the scene is uh, mainly focused around uh, rap music as well as electronic music. It's still young. It's, it's still, young. that's the thing. I think because there is sort of a lack of a infrastructure if you're not necessarily doing something which is really directly mainstream it becomes extra challenging to to, to make, make something happen so part of what we're trying to do is try to stretch that mainstream a little bit to make room for more instrumental and just diverse yeah. acts to come into play um 
But yeah, that's the thing. It's not to say that they aren't there, but because it is so difficult there are some and truly, so limiting here, you really have to fit the bill. There's some insane musicians in yeah, Egypt, like really. in the Arab world. Like for us, that's a that's a big one for the Arab boys, obviously. And that's the representation of uh, the Middle East in general, which is a huge mm. issue, as we know. Um, there's some insane musicians. Yeah. Like, and that's something like, you know, no, but well, this is the thing. Like, I personally know this, uh, the, the, not know, but I've seen a guitarist, guy who goes by the name of Sharif Ali, um, who is trained by under like Guthrie Govan, who's like, we're talking like a guitarist who, if you were really to look at things objectively, is up there in like the top five percentile of quality. He's Hans Zimmer's guitarist. And then when you go to fucking YouTube, like the dude has like 200 views. And that's Mm. because he isn't aggressively trying to put himself in the limelight, which is Mm. what to a degree you have to do if you don't fit the thing. So that's the one thing where I'd say you, there is sort of a degree of drive is that this man who really by international standards, let alone local is a top tier musician is, is like completely unrecognized is, you know, <laughs> in terms of like the rock here or the jazz fusion or whatever you want to call it, like trip hop, anything that isn't rap or pop. Uh, is very limited in in the, the commercial yeah, yeah, yeah. in the commercial aspect. So like we, you know, that's a big one for us as well is to try to. We always say like for us once again because we're privileged and we don't have to really worry about certain things as much as other people. Uh, we we always say if it's not us, it's that dude, you know, twenty years from now in his room in Egypt playing guitar. At least he'll have a reference, you know. Because when we were growing up playing guitar in Egypt. We had nobody except for guitarists abroad, like, and that's not good for our country. It really isn't. You you have to have all forms of art for a country to progress. And like, yeah, yeah like like Mohammed Salah, man. Like, there's, yeah. you know, you have all these kids now who get who go play football in the disciplined. street, and they have someone to aspire to yeah. be like. They become more disciplined. They become more like. They become passionate. You know how many? You know how many kids have stopped? Like we could say whatever. I don't really give a shit about football but say what you want about Muhammad Salah left or right do you know how many kids have stopped doing drugs because of Muhammad Salah yeah like, <laughs> like do you know how many kids have just stopped spending all their money on hashish and now are actually mm. like trying to discipline and educate their lives so yeah that's uh, like, yeah, that's pretty cool I think because when you see yourself represented in that way it just it beca- like it enters the realm of possibility you know like I could be that yeah. I could if I commit yeah. myself if I commit myself to it I could do that and I yeah. think it's especially hard when it comes to like the arts industry like I don't yeah. know within an Arab society like having was, you know yeah, parents yeah. the social norms yeah. take you seriously like you've even got more of a fight against you but it's such well, an important yeah. thing to be doing you know yeah, my parents were, I was always a fuck up, so they, 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 <laughs> they decided to join in on the music uh, alignment very young. So they were always very supportive on the music, alhamdulillah. Mm. I know Rami and the other boys, like, you know, if any, I know that they struggle a bit with certain mm. things, you know. Yeah. Uh, like our, all our parents love us and they support us unconditionally. It, it doesn't come yeah. maliciously, uh, you know. And once again, they are successful, so they, they don't have to think about certain pressures as well. Oh, my kid has to be this or this and that, you know. Um, it comes from love. So like, that's the thing is that in Egypt, I think people are perceiving it a bit differently now, this whole influencer, but, uh, but that's the thing. Now they think that they want to be influencers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. You know, it's like, <laughs> Everyone's an influencer now. Everyone's an influencer. Exactly. And we're so bad at this, man. Like we are so, so bad. Like if we're having a conversation like this, for example, you can't shut me up. <laughs> uh, but with the phone, but this and this, yeah. no way. Bro. Hey guys, yeah. welcome to my vlog. Oh, yeah. this will never, never. No, no, the thing is, no, I like, can't, no, I can't we, we posted it. a picture of Romney and Hedy shirtless, and we got uh, more likes than, than like any piece of work we've ever done, you know? Like, it's like, like, uh, like, also, like, no, that's not like, that's not the point. Oh, no, but I swear, like, the Instagram algorithm, what, like, if there's a bit of flesh, they'll like bump they it up. It's they love it. No, because yeah. what, really what, what came up like recently was that in fact, like there is to a degree a hack, like a way to hack the system. Like the the system does um, the Instagram algorithm does float things 
based on yeah certain criteria certain types of engagement but if it's a nipple uh-uh if it's a nipple no <laughs> it could be anything against those nips <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there, at some point you start to even like stop looking at the content and start to look at like the manipulation behind mm-hmm. it and how to yeah. access that. Which is all like use it, yeah. but like it's still kind no, of fun. I was never like a full on like you know. Uh, I used to study politics before music, which was very no stupid. Way. I, uh, um, I had a I was studying I was studying uh, macroeconomics, a double major in political yeah. science as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I failed miserably, um, but yeah, my whole family are politicians but, uh, or journalists and all of this, you know, very heavily into politics and stuff. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's not. Uh, uh, I remember when it was fuck. I why am I keep losing my train of thought? <laughs> what are you talking about? You're good. Yeah, about the algorithm Being in politics. I was never. I was never really like. But I am a full anarchist, communist, but all of this shit, but I, cap- I hate capitalism, all of that. And then when I've got into the band, I've started that. It's like, you know, everything is laced. The this radicalization. Social yeah. Every social media thing is, la- is yeah, laced yeah, with yeah. commercialization. Yeah. And like, the problem is, is that it's like, oh, but you can express yourself. But the problem is, it's like, I'm already expressing myself. Mm-hmm. But it's posting again, another form of expression. It's really weird. And like, it's so intense. So, you no, know, and like the weird thing that I've seen is like is specifically within the like influencer sphere, is like you have an influencer start to be influential for no particular reason, really. Like I don't really there is no particular contribution to society or like overall thing. And then as like sponsors and things come in, they're almost sold a passion. Like the influencer will become influential and then suddenly be something, whether it's an actress or a musician or a this or even an athlete. But it's like it didn't start with that. It's like suddenly something is thrown. They're like Adidas people now. So suddenly she's like, like, and that's just a very unhealthy way of the pioneers of then the people who become the face of these things which are sports all these things which again do have the discipline do teach people drive do teach people purpose get very fictitious faces because these are not people who have worked to become these things these are almost people who are handed these things in in tangent with them just having a following so there is no honest following there's no honest individual and just you know like uh, yeah, if you really want to get deep in it like in Egypt in the, in the whole Middle East there's no touring no touring happens in the Middle East uh, like if you want to know the uh, the dynamics of things what happens is that a big artist will pay like play uh, four or five uh, big gigs a, a year in Egypt with like big sponsorships you get the Red Bull you get the Coca-Cola you get the big cash and then that's done uh, so you don't have the middle the middle ground for the people who are in the middle of the pyramid mm-hmm. or in the bottom mm-hmm. of the pyramid where you can make so in England for example bro I got paid 100 sterling playing an acoustic set for 45 minutes singing Ed Sheeran songs I, if I did that four times a week I'd have a living and that's beautiful like you yeah. know what I mean you don't have this in Egypt so mm-hmm. when essentially what happens is that the only way uh, people can be successful within the Middle East is by getting a sponsorship straight straight away uh so this is something we've talked about for example because like fuck me like i i don't want a sponsorship i don't want to like this so and i can imagine other people have those same dilemmas it's like how how do you express yourself and your image to the way genuinely to the way you want to but the way the dynamics are economically and socially specifically in the middle east Mm -hmm. uh make it incredibly difficult for any yeah. musician like truly. nearly impossible yeah, like, nearly in the yeah. middle east nearly, nearly impossible. impossible like it's if someone like because abroad it's there's there's a misconception oh it's hard to make a, a career in the music industry it's not hard to make a, a career in the music industry abroad it's hard to become famous as i said you can play the hundred uh, quid and you get the hobbit and all of this you can make a career mm-hmm. very easy in egypt it's famous that's it and that's yeah, the problem. Or nothing. Anyone, yeah, yeah. Anyone with any amount of skill yeah. or dedication to get that mm-hmm. famous, you need luck. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's. Yeah, or you need like immense yeah, social, social whatever. Yeah, like at the end of the day, you're asking a person who's already investing yeah. a lot of effort into a craft to have yeah. to deal with this whole shitstorm of something else, which yeah. actually has nothing to do with what they're actually passionate yeah. about. Um, mm-hmm. 
like truly this we we don't want to come across obviously like complaining because we know it's alhamdulillah once again and yeah. all of this because but it is something but the nature of wanting to get yeah. get influential is to sort of you know have something a bit of a saying yeah, something, something that stresses us out is like yeah if, you know we're, we're we're comfortable but it does you know something that gets on our mind and we struggle and we work and we bleed our heart for this all of this but imagine that the people who who don't have the same privileges as us yeah and yeah, all yeah. they want is the, the basic level all they want is just a basic mm-hmm. level of expression mm-hmm. um is that that to me is that sucks you know yeah uh, but i mean what you're saying is literally like a problem that can be observed all over egyptian society not just when it comes to the art scene you know like in egypt you're either starving to make ends meet yeah, or yeah. you know you're fucking chilling there's no in between there's no middle class oh, there's no terrible. um Definitely. would you guys what do you guys think that an artist's role in a society is uh this is i any like personally not not like just yeah for me yeah, pers- yeah. yeah for me personally is is a storyteller someone who takes the the, the what's happening like if i wanted to know a piece of his of, of moment through history i would go to the music straight away uh mm-hmm. if you want to know about the 70s you hear about the 70s if you want to know about the 80s you hear and straight away through these sounds you hear you the feel of the 70s beyond so that to me what it is that's that's what like if your country is going through shit politically, you have to express that. If it's going through socially, that's to me what music is. Uh, uh, sorry, an artist is not a music. That's that's what I thought it was. Really that's that's because cool. I actually thought about this, bro. Like three weeks ago, maybe it was in my head. I was just like, no. For me, like I think part of I guess also because we we all sort of think about this uh, privileged notion. Because, yeah, part of what to a degree is daunting is that, yeah, I'm, I'm only doing this because I was allowed to do this by things which are sort of out of my hands. And, mm-hmm. like, in that sense, like, I did, I think it was when I was studying philosophy quite a bit at university. I was like, you know, the, it suddenly hit me. I'm just sitting here just thinking about thinking. Yeah, like, wow, look how, you know, I literally just sit here and think about thinking, you know. <laughs> and most people don't have time. They like, can't afford to sit down time to do such a thing. And there mm. came a sort of tangent in my head of like, you know, is art truly just, you know, a priv- a, the, the opportunity to be privileged to actually do something creative as opposed to work you know uh, and that kind of confused things for me a little bit because i'm like you know what is really the point of this line and all of this but um but i think like uh I'm, I, I went like somewhere else completely with that. Right, <laughs> go, for it, go for it go for it no but in that sense i do think that what what challenged me in that train of thought is obviously there are a bunch of artists who do actually come from nothing and I think in that sense, there is a certain, I think the best type of art is, is inspiring. Like that, that is, if there's anything I can dream for what I try to make is that uh, the other day we watched a music video from Little Sims, Gigo wrote to me to feel things and remind things <laughs> about sustenance, about need for life, about value. That was about women as yeah. well. And I was just yeah, sitting yeah, there yeah. crying my yeah. ass off. No, like, such that, a person. To me, that is the role of, an, of a true yeah. artist, is a person who puts, yeah, inspires, like makes things all, they make sense, clarity yeah. and all the fucking shit storm that's like going on. Uh, reminding you of what's at the forefront of things, a bit provocative, a bit challenging, a bit, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think, I don't, like, obviously it's important what you said about, like, you know, being able to engage in art and being able to cre- create, there is, like, a sense of privilege to it. And even, like, having that, ref- like, those reflections that you did, I feel like, for example, when every, when everybody went into lockdown like the first few months and everybody was just at home it sounds really silly but i feel like everybody was just having these major realizations just because they had the time to fucking sit down and think about it (laughs) and reflect and be introspective but i i think whether whether you like whether you're privileged or not or whatever i think art has always been like a very visceral necessity like for humans i think 
like I'm convinced that music came before language, you know, like there was always that need of like expression and also that need of like pattern recognition and like making sense of things by putting them into patterns. I think that's something that's always been there and that always will be. And that's why it just resonates with people so much, no matter well, what medium like it comes in. In the ideal sense, if everyone does have the basic baseline covered of like, mm. you know, I can, I can this, I can, I have a house, then that value really begins to excel. Mm. Because then you're allowed really to enjoy it. Yeah. I think yeah, that's the thing at the start, like only, you can only enjoy it if you have those, we're not in a state yeah, of work yeah. yet where that is not the case. Mm. And then I think, then it can really be for the sake of beauty and all of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, bro, if you can't afford beauty yet, yeah, you know, yeah. it doesn't, it's a, it's a tough one. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I don't know, it sounds really cheesy, but recently like I've been drawing more, I've been painting more, I've been like learning the guitar and like doing all these things that I just never did for years because I always like put so much pressure on myself for it to for, for me to be good at it, you mm. know? And then I just had a realization, mm. you know what? I don't need to be fucking good at it. I just need to enjoy it, you know? I just need to be able to create and not put this pressure on myself, you know? It doesn't need to be something that I can make money off. It doesn't need to be something that other yeah, people like. <laughs> something I'm good at. <laughs> I have that. That's, that's a damn. I'll, I'll have, uh, like, at least with the music, not outside. Well, yeah, when it comes to the music art, I have that mentality all the time. Of course, like, yeah, let's just write the song. Just like, to me, the mentality is you get the song, just get the song done. That's the only pressure. You don't have to, whether it's good or bad, that's the only thing. And like, if that was any tip I would give any songwriter, just get the song done. Because then you could just look at it hear it and be like, okay, I don't like this, change this. Mm. But then I've met so many artists where just get hung up in that first phase, you know? And I'm just like, don't worry about the first phase, bro. If it's shit, it's shit. The first phase is not gonna change anything. <laughs> like, you know, like when I write a song that I don't like, I'll just keep going. And then at the end, I'll look at it and I'll be like, it's okay. not great, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Three months from then, it's <laughs> Like what you said before about just letting the intuition happen, like when you're making a crack, you just got to let it roll. It doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah, because every person's, every person's different. And this might sound cheesy, but like art, as we know, is just an extension of, of yourself. So it's, you, you should trust yourself because there's nobody like you. <laughs> there's no one, yeah. no one has the same ears. You No one's listening to music the same way as you're listening to it. Mm. Um, so I, I wish people would do that a bit more. But then obviously you have so much pressures, man. Yeah. So like even I'll be jamming. I've had jams now with people. Like I'm not really that great of a musician. Like songwriting is the is the main, you know, or being like a front man. Like I'm I'm I, I love my playing and all of this, but I'm not what you call the flashy player. Uh, mm. if that makes like, you know, I don't know how to solo really well. All of that, you know, I'm not really into the flashy kind of playing. So yeah, I'm not even that great myself, but I'll I'll be jamming with people who think I'm great and they're just like, they're not trusting. I'm just like, bro, I'm shit, bro. Everyone's shit. This is just me, <laughs> bro. Like, just trust yourself, man. And then I've met people who have no musical ability whatsoever, but because they trust themselves so much, I, just, they, like, I had this guy in my class, um, Stefano Musi, remember Steph? The sax dude? No, he was this tall guy, he was drum and bass. So yeah, this dude was like, uh, he was a producer in my class. And you, you, you couldn't put him as far off from the musical spectrum as, like we were literally polar opposites, you know? Um, like I'm pretentious prog, jazz, classical, you know, and this guy's like drum and bass, doesn't touch an instrument, has never played an instrument in his life, loves to DJ. Uh, but he, I would rank as truly one of the, the, the smartest musicians I would ever met because I, I would have to do like studio recordings with him. And like, he would sing to me what he wanted in perfect pitch. Like, you know, he'd just be like, that was really great, G, but can you go like, and because he trusted himself, he didn't give a shit in that moment, mm. whether he plays or not plays or whatever. He just saw what he wanted to do to express himself mm. and just did it. Mm. Um, and that to me is the, the number one thing you can have as a person, not even as, a, as an artist. But mm. like when I meet an artist who trusts in themselves, that's the best thing ever. Because when you trust in yourself and you're expressing in that way, I get to, I've had jams with people, like we had a house party, we had a jam. And 
and there was this guy like I've never met, you know, and I was pretty drunk. And they were like opening jam, uh, it was open jam in my house. And these two dudes were just killing it. And like after it was done, like these dudes I've never met, I just went to them and we, we hugged and I was just like, we had sex right now. Like that's, the, that's <laughs> just what happened. It's like in the moment, you know, people are watching, looking into each other's eyes, this guy you've never met. And, you know, everyone was in different ranges of musical ability, but that's yeah. not the point. Like yeah. everyone's ready to have a good time. Mm-hmm. It's all about having a good time. <laughs> It is, I don't know, like, it is a very intimate moment in a way. Like, when when you're on the outside looking in, it's it like, is. oh, my God, like, I'm, I'm watching a moment happen. Like We're in a like, bubble, though, because, like, that's where we live with each other. Yeah. We, we don't go, we, like, when I when I post something for the band, it's not just me posting it. It's me, Rami, Carlos. And, but you know what I mean? You have, like, five guys. <laughs> so I don't get any of that anxiety. Like, even when I do something bad, I'll be like, ah, oh, it's okay, you know. But then I've seen people who like do a wrong note and like they're stabbing themselves in the heart, mm. um, which sucks. Mm. Just need to get a bunch of idiots to <laughs> have a pay rent with you. <laughs> Are you in uh, Leeds uh, now, Karma? No, I graduated in July. I'm in Berlin now. Oh, well, you're in Egypt? Don't Berlin, no. Berlin. Berlin. Bro, I want to go to Leeds again. That that city was like. Oh, it's pretty nice. I want to go to Leeds again. We were in Southampton, which was like a shithole, but it was our shithole, you know. (laughs) Honestly, Leeds was, I don't know, like Leeds was such a perfect combination of everything I like. Like it was, it was big enough to have like that city vibe of like, you know, there's so much going on, nightlife, music scene, like there's always the something happening yeah and then like you know there's still that small town vibe of like you know you say thank you to the bus Maybe driver bad. and like you go to a cafe and they know your name and it's just like oh, i love these it was the perfect vibe. <laughs> yeah, but I, to be fair i don't think i could like see myself living there again just like i love it but it would be like going back in time. In Berlin right now, I, I think I'd be pretty. We want to go. Yeah, we want to go. Now. We want to go to Berlin when we get. Come the perform in Berlin. I'll set it up. There's an amazing place that I know. No, I wanted to. I wanted to move there. I wanted yeah. to move there. <gasps> After Cairo, yeah. Sablunary moves to Berlin. Well, that's oh, the thing. That's there, the, there is gonna be a move. Like there is gonna be a move in, in a two while, years. Like, yeah. Two years. Like, so how come two years? What's that deadline? Because there is sort of a musical plan for the moment. Yeah. And we yeah. are kind of in the chapter of Egypt. We have the phase of a cycle, years. essentially, for... Mm. We have this EP release, which will be coming out in a few months. Uh, we have the next EP, and then we have the debut album. And uh, that, we are considering that the Egyptian or Arab cycle. Mm. And then after that, we have other cycles, a.k.a. other music we want to explore. Mm. Other countries. Other countries and all that. Inshallah, by that point, you know, there's freedom, but yeah. we could go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go to Cuba, bro. <laughs> go to Cuba. I just find it crazy. Like, at the beginning of this, I think, Rami, you said something about, like, oh, like, I thought to myself, like, in 10 years, something, something. And for some, like, I just find it crazy that, like, you can envision that far ahead and say, like, you know, in 10 years, we want to do this and we want to do this. Well, like, I wish I really had... have anything else going on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know as well he's he's giving himself and myself a little bit less credit like we're both huge fans of uh, Tarantino that was when we were kids like something we got hooked on uh, but we're very big fans of artists Stephen Willis all these guys who uh, essentially when you look at their catalog like a bigger picture uh, there's a bigger picture it's cohesive it's yeah, yeah the coolest shit which like yeah. i saw Allah will be able to do mm-hmm. i doubt it but like it's the type of thing where like you've seen an artist start something yeah. like 30 years ago and then this album comes out and like there's one note which put your son <laughs> oh, the, oh, it's okay they don't know what that means they don't know what that means like everything was this uh, like so, so yeah we like to pictures. we're doing that with the songs now a lot of Easter eggs, like <laughs> a lot of depth and stuff. Yeah. I yeah. Sorry, but that's but, like the first time I've ever like, you know. I've been doing so so Meg essentially in Egypt, uh, it's to snort is like a sign of aggression. Like before you start a fight, <laughs> it's like guy, an insult. Like yeah, it's like a testosterone show of testosterone, or or like you know, I've never seen you snort. That was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> like I was just what? like, whoa, you, know, you really like that music, don't you? <laughs> I'm surprised you've never seen him snore. 
No, I guess it was, AIS was a, was a long time. Yeah, we, 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 both, we, both, we both came from, uh, obviously, Egyptian high schools, Annie, you know, you don't need to explain to me, Karma. So when me and Rami have arguments, we don't have arguments. Don't even. <laughs> so we're like, why are you doing this? It's like, why don't no, you know? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So the mini series that you guys are doing on Instagram, what has that been like to collaborate with other artists and like just the making of it all? I know you like Everyone. smashed it all uh, out in a month. Um, <laughs> it was it's it was amazing, truly. Yeah. That's uh it was a lot of experience on different from our parts. Because we usually split things when it comes to delegation. When we have other people in the room, I'll do the music, he does the visual. So yeah, I was nervous as fuck, bro, recording some of some of the people, you know, I don't want to, uh, like, it's because, you know, you, there's these people, you're sitting people you respect and they respect you. And that was one of the reasons why we did the series as well, was yeah. to, to make like, uh, to meet the people we wanted to meet and collaborate mm -hmm. with in the future, but to have like an icebreaker, you know, like, hey, let's just write a one minute track together. Let's have some mm -hmm. fun. Um, so that was really yeah. a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's great exercise to get into the. I think when you're when you're starting to maybe make the attempt of jumping into what's a professional musician, there is a degree of like being more apt with being creative on hand. So it's like at some point you can't wait for the gods to give you <laughs> that moment where you feel it, you know, and you have to you have to deliver. So this was a good exercise of having someone in the room, getting as comfortable as possible as you can to do what, what you can do in that time. Be wary of what's overshooting, mm -hmm. be aware of what's your comfort zone, what's your strength, what you know you can do. Um, mm -hmm. So that was really cool. Getting to work with other people was really cool. Just realized how nice everyone is. Yeah, <laughs> really, really pleasantly. Yeah. Every, like not pleasantly <laughs> yeah, surprised, <laughs> but no, no, we're, we're very anxious people. So like, yeah. you know, we, uh, and as I said, we're in a bubble a bit, you know, we just work, we hang out with each other. So we were anxious. But yeah, the problem is because we're all very, I mean, we're all different. But in the ways that we are similar, we are all very, very similar. So when you put us all under the same roof, said similarity is no, really... Like me, me, the people who have been living in this house, yeah, we've been living together for a year and a half now. Yeah. Bro, yeah. Yeah. So like, like um, I forget, I'd, like a, a, in two a different countries, a friend of mine will come over, but like, because there's such closeness mm. between the people under the roof, it's suddenly like, what, what, what do you... No, but people are awesome. They're so sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a heavy learning experience in the nicest way. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. This was this was uh, this was fun. <laughs> this was really good. I was so anxious. I was telling Meg, I was like, ah, I felt like I was gonna be the one interviewed, but no, you guys made it so easy. And thank you, you for being so sweet, open. Yeah, this was uh, this is good practice for us because you know. Yeah. Yeah. for future endeavors because then next time I'm in a social context like hey what are you doing I'll just I won't like freeze <laughs> I'll be like yeah bro I don't want to <laughs> just listen back to the listen back both Karma and I left this conversation feeling inspired and recharged I hope you did too this podcast is one part of the wider In Between Collective where we host book and film clubs writing workshops and other events at the moment, we're sending cameras across the world to document moments in the lives of our collective members, as well as collecting writing, both fac fiction and factual, for our website. We'd love for you to join us. You can follow us on Instagram at InBetweenCollective and via our website www.TheInBetweenCollective.net.